Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. It's been a big, busy week. Uh, we're rolling on. This is my favorite part of the season, right before the bye week, when things get crazy busy. And back-to-back road games. Here we go. Indianapolis coming up. This week, we've got Bernardrick McKinney, because stopping the run has been a big storyline in the last few weeks. And Mr. Bernardrick McKinney recovered a very important fumble in Kansas City at the three-yard line to set up the Texans' score to take the lead going into halftime. Also, they'll have a big challenge again this week, stopping Marlon Mack. So we sit down with Bernardrick McKinney. We don't just talk about running the ball. We talk about lots of things, like his obsession with Dragon Ball Z. We also caught up with Andrew Walker, who's the writer for Colts.com, and talked about what the Colts have been dealing with. They've been coming off their bye. they are coming off a win against Kansas City as well. Things are really clicking with Jacoby Brissett. That offensive line has been something that we've been talking about all week and the run game. So we'll talk a little bit more about the Colts and where they stand at this point in the season. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Xfinity. Texans fans, take the fastest internet to the house with Xfinity XFi. Stream the Texans all season long on every in-home device, no matter where you watch. This is Beyond Wi-Fi. This is XFi. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans and proud partner of of the Deep Slant podcast. So let's not waste any more time. I've sat with this guy a number of times, followed him around at Disney World after his first Pro Bowl or during his first Pro Bowl week. And, you know, there's always a lot of fun things to talk about with Bernardrick McKinney. So here he is on the Deep Slant podcast. It's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. Our guest this week, Bernardrick McKinney, leading the AFC in total tackles since 2016. Welcome to the studio, BMAC. I didn't know that, but... You are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're leading the team currently. Let's talk about the linebackers group. You guys are playing so in sync right now, mm-hmm. on and off the field. You guys just really getting along well. Like, yeah. what's this year been like for you? Uh, it's, it's great, man. The linebackers, uh, we, we hang together on and off the field, so... We built up a lot of chemistry since Zach and you know, Dylan got here, uh, PK, TA. Uh, it's just a great feeling just being around them guys. We have a lot of fun on the field. It's just fun playing with them guys. I think your celebration before the game, the, the dancing that you guys do is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, your arrival photos are really good as far as the matching shirts. You did oh, Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Dragon uh, Ball Z. Dragon uh, Ball Z. You did all black one week. Yeah, yeah, we did do all black. That was uh, Space Jam. Space Jam, Space Jam, we did that. Yeah. yeah, who plans these elaborate outfits? Uh, it started um, the first time. Um, Zach, me and Zach, we watched Dragon Ball Z, and I was like, we should wear shirts. And then we left out Dylan and the other guys, so they was like, they wanted to get in on it. And then after that, Zach just been on Amazon, just ordering outfits. So. Yeah, he doesn't want to be left out. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you are really into Dragon Ball Z. Are they all into Dragon Ball Z as much as you? Yeah. You've got the. Are they? Are they called action figures? Oh, yeah, I got them in my locker. In your locker? Yeah. What's What's going on there? Um, My man cave got took away from the nursery, so... <laughs> so I, they I, have I, to live somewhere? I, yeah, so so I was like, why not just put them in my locker, showcase them in my locker, so I just kept them in my locker. You've got quite a bit of jewelry. Do you have a Dragon Ball Z <laughs> character on a chain? Yeah, shout out to my boy Zoe Frost. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. It looked like sort of the same thing that's in your locker. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about your the, the, the performance on the field. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, you get the fumble recovery, big play right before the half to mm-hmm. sort of give the t- Texans the ball right there at the three-yard line. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that play, getting the fumble recovery. Because Charles uh, who told me, he said, I knew someone was going to get on that ball, but it, you were flying. Yeah, Charles did an unbelievable job. Uh, I, to be honest, I... I just peripheral and just seen Charles arm, and then at the last minute I seen the ball on the ground, 
and I just seen two offensive linemen, and I know, but just I just knew they was gonna basically when offensive linemen try to get the ball, they fall sideways. So I just uh, my mind, I was just I was in my mind, I was just gonna just lay out and just try to stay low and try to pull it to me, and I ended up getting there, and it was hard to get to keep the ball, but. Uh, I think I just want to do more. So yeah, that's probably the last place I would want to be. Like in a football game, is at the bottom of that pile. Oh yeah, I'm it's, sure it's, it's, it gets pretty nasty. It's hard there. to breathe down there, but yeah. it, it, it's it's fun, man. Um, at the bottom of the pile, we were just uh, laughing. Uh, uh, <laughs> me and Jacob uh, was at the bottom of the pile laughing. I I remember the referee telling me he was like, uh, 55, you can let go of the ball. It's y'all <laughs> ball." And I told him I was like, "I'm, I'm trying to take this ball home." So. Uh, it, it, was, it was fun. Great Did you place. get to take it home? I don't know where that ball is. You don't know where it is. No. Okay. Maybe you'll get another one. Yeah, I'm going to have to get, uh, tell Mike to uh, call Kansas City and uh, yeah, get, get that, that back. Yeah. Are you surprised about with the turn, number of turnovers? It's like 19 straight games with a turnover. Mm-hmm. I remember a time when the defense was having a hard time forcing takeaways, mm-hmm. and now it seems like every single game mm-hmm. you guys are able to do that. What's been the difference? Yeah, knock on wood on that right, one. I don't want to stop that, but um, – it's just guys that are out there just flying to the ball every play. I mean, Rack always tell us um, the ball make can roll our way. We just run into the ball. So guys just hustling uh, and just causing turnovers, and everybody running to the ball, and we're, we're able to come up with it. You guys are the Rock Boys. The guys in front of you are the Lunch Pill Crew, the defensive linemen. <laughs> um, tell me about them and how much they really help what you guys are able to do. Uh, the D linemen, uh, they do an unbelievable job. Uh, very unselfish guys. Uh, DJ Reader, JJ Dunn, uh, Carlos, uh, Angelo, they do an unbelievable job just taking on blocks, not trying to do too much, not trying to uh, make tackles themselves. They, they're, they're really setting us up to make tackles, uh, us being able to run around and make tackles, keeping a lot of double, t- I mean, holding a lot of double teams, keeping offensive linemen off of so. Yeah, before the game, you and the LPC guys play a little game of baseball. Yeah. You're always batting, right? Yeah. DJ's the pitcher. Is uh-huh. that how that okay, – so how, how did that sort of start out? Why do you guys like doing that before games? I forgot when that first started. But you got a base hit at Kansas City, so I feel yeah, like maybe that I was mean, a good luck. I mean, I, mean, I tried, tried. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's fun. I mean, you always got to um, – I mean, just we like to have fun. And um, like I said, I forgot when we first started doing it, but – I mean, I'm. I think I'm two games up uh, with base hit. So this game, hope, hopefully, trying to get another base hit. But DJ, he, he's he's starting to put some heat on it and throw curry <laughs> ball. So I, I don't know. So you're getting really good with the with the pylon, oh, being yeah, able yeah. to hit the ball. Yeah, like, that's impressive. Yeah, the pylon is kind of heavy too. Also, so <laughs> it's heavy and flimsy. So I mean, like I said, I'm trying to keep doing good at that. Keep uh, they trying to get a uh, outfielder now. I don't know why they're cheating, but yeah. All right. Well, how about they, the LPC, Rock Boys? What about the secondary? They don't have a name. They need to kind of get on this, don't they? Yeah, they they do. I mean, they do, but they they keep up with the handshakes. So they uh, <laughs> they, they keep up with all of the handshakes. You know, they got um, – I only got a handshake with two people, but everybody else got multiple handshakes. But oh. I prefer to just have two because I, I, I'll probably forget the, the rest. But, yeah, they do need to come up with a name, though. You used to play quarterback in college. I know we've talked about this a lot. When you look at what Deshaun Watson's able to do, because a lot of people have talked about in the last few games mm-hmm. how he's just really yeah. reached another level. Mm-hmm. I know you're focused on the defense, but when mm-hmm. you sort of look at him just as an observer, what, what do you think's been the difference with him, and, and what's really impressed you? What impressed me is just, um, like I said, a third down, and um, the uh, coaches are saying, uh, D, get ready. 
and I'm putting on my helmet, and, I, and it's like third and long. He scrambling and makes an unbelievable play, and it, that's like it's crazy. It's exciting for me, and it's uh, for a defense when you're on the field and somebody make a play like that. It's, uh, it hurts, but just to see him just run around and just have fun is unbelievable. It seemed like in Kansas City, you guys had a lot of rest yeah, on the sideline. Like, yeah, do you yeah. like games like that when the offense is on the field the whole time? Were you itching to get back out there? I mean, it's always fun to, to watch the offense just keep driving the ball for so long. But then again, as a defensive player, sometimes we, we do want to go on the field and you know, have some of that fun too. But it's, it's, it's very, uh, very fun just to watch them just to keep converting on third down, making big plays. It's fun to uh, see them guys do that. You guys have been really good against the run these last few games. Seems like it's getting better every week. You have mm-hmm. a big challenge in Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's going to be the key to stopping him? And, and what is the key to being effective against the run as a lineman? Uh, everybody just uh, doing their job. Uh, uh, everybody's in their gap. Everybody not I mean, people not trying to do too much. Um, um, the play present, uh, presents itself to you. You just make the play. But like I said, everybody just get lined up. Uh, defense playing with a lot of energy. Everybody flying to the ball. We should be great. All right, so we talked about you being quarterback. I was listening to a podcast where someone asked you what quarterback you would compare yourself to in college. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what your answer was? Tim Tebow. Yeah, and Cam yeah. Newton. You said yeah. a little yeah. bit of both. Cam Newton first, and I was like, my style, like my heart, the heart, and the uh, quarterback, Tim Tebow. What about your playing style, though? Like, actually, your fit, your style on the field. Were you like a scrambler? Were you a pocket passer? See, that's what I'll say. Tim Tebow or Cam Newton, because both of them scrambled, both of them ran the ball. And, you know, I, I can't say what I want to say, but no, I, <laughs> I, 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 I compare myself to both of them. So. I think that would have been a lot of fun to watch. Maybe you should have, like, a charity football game or something in the offseason. Yeah, I should. Where I everybody should. plays, like, opposite positions. That would be fun. That Just would be fun. Out there. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. I mean, there's already the charity classic. You guys get plenty of practice with that. Uh-huh. Yeah. You'd probably kill it as a quarterback. I want to say that now, you know, my shows are getting a little banged up. <laughs> it's uh, time to warm up. We'll yeah. Make it, yeah. We'll make it, like, full tackle. I don't think Bill O'Brien would like that too much. I don't think I would like that. It's, that's a little more painful without shoulder pads. But like I said, that'd be fun. I'd probably throw some dimes out there, run the ball a little bit. All right, good stuff. Well, mm-hmm. wishing you best of luck for the rest of the season. Good luck getting some runs pregame uh-huh. every week, too. Oh, yeah. For you out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Thanks so much, Bernard. All right. All right. <laughs> I always forget that BMAC used to play quarterback until it's training camp and all the players afterwards are trying to throw the ball through the uprights and BMAC's always in the middle of that competition uh, with everyone else. And so, you know, I think that uh, he sells himself short, but he's quite the athlete. He's obviously hitting balls off pylons, footballs that is, pregame. And uh, he is really the heart and soul of that defense in the locker room. He brings a lot of fun, a lot of juice to the field. So can't wait to see what the rest of the year holds for him. And big challenge this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts with that run game, that offensive line. It's going to be a lot on the shoulders of Mr. Bernard McKinney and Zach Cunningham and the front seven there on defense. So let's talk to Andrew Walker. Let's talk about the Colts, where they stand without Andrew Luck. A lot's changed since this playoff game that took place here at NRG Stadium. Here he is, Andrew Walker of Colts.com. Andrew, coming off the bye, do you feel relaxed? How are you? <laughs> I feel maybe a little bit relaxed. You know, it was um, as good as you guys know to get that win on the road against the Chiefs. Um, and especially heading to our bye, though, with kind of the team facing some uncertainty as far as injuries and all that goes. To get a win like that on the road on Sunday night football and then heading to your bye week definitely created some good feelings around here in Indy. Yeah, both teams coming off wins against Kansas City. It's always nice to head into the bye week on a good note, I will get to the injuries in a bit, but let's talk about the Colts in general. 
the 2019 version. It's very different from the one that the Texans saw last year in the wild card game here at NRG Stadium. So uh, now with no Andrew Luck, it's Jacoby Brissett's team. How do you think expectations have changed since week one? We saw that announcement go down. People in Indianapolis obviously not very happy, but now sitting at three and two, the Colts, they look like a legitimate contender here, even with Jacoby Brissett. So how have the expectations changed for this Colts team? Yeah, I, I think around here, you know, they'd at least say, you know, obviously Andrew Luck was a franchise-type quarterback, a pro bowler, all-pro type level talent. But around here, I think they kind of said that the expectations didn't change too much as far as what to expect from the offense and the team in general because, I mean, Jacoby Brissett um, was, the, was the guy manning the first-team offense from the start of the off-season off program this year through training camp and the preseason so you know luck was dealing with the calf and the ankle injury and Jacoby Brissett was getting I think Frank Reich said 1200 plus snaps um, throughout the offseason training camp so um, you know those are all starter snaps so um, he was ready to go by the time you know this all went down um, and and you know he's really stepped in and and you know done a great job as far as just kind of keeping things going um, the Colts were already going to be relying heavily or at least more on their run game heading into the season, whether or not Andrew Luck or Jacoby Jacoby or whoever was at quarterback. And that's come to fruition. The team ranks fourth in rushing. Um, Marlon Max looked great, you know, in year three, you know, really blossomed uh, the second half of last year. And the, and the Texans saw that of course, but he's really starting to blossom even more this year. So the emphasis on the run game has really kind of made it so that the expectations kind of stay the same defensively. They want to take more strides. They've had, a couple good games and a couple not so good games. So defensively, they want to keep improving. Um, but overall, I think I think everyone's pretty pleased with where things are here um, heading into Week Seven. What about Jacoby Brissett through five games this season? I know the bye week is often a time for teams to sort of reflect and self scout. What have you thought about his performance? How would you grade it through the first uh, five games of the season? That Kansas City game, the numbers weren't as flashy as some of his other as some of his other games. But what sort of progress have you seen from Brissett? Yeah, he just he just hasn't flinched, and that's just his. That's just him. Jacoby's just a kind of a cool dude. He doesn't doesn't overreact. He doesn't underreact. But he's he's definitely even last year as the backup. He's he's a team leader, and that's definitely carried over into this year. Um, I think he's the type of quarterback that's proven he's going to play winning football for you. He's not gonna he's not going to have the crucial crucial turnovers. Um, you know, you know, every week that, you know, some, you know, lesser quarterbacks might have. Um, and I think he's proven this year, especially week one against the Chargers, where he led a uh, overtime uh, forcing uh, drive. Uh, and then week two against the Titans, where he led a game winning drive. Um, he also can make some plays to win you some games. So, um, so, you know, while he's not going to be throwing, you know, every week for, you know, 40 times, 45 times a game, um, he's, he's a really solid option as far as, you know, get running the offense, getting the ball in the running back's hands, getting the, the team in the right situations, And then I think he's really starting to, to improve as far as when to pick and choose going down the field. And that's something that they'll keep working on here moving forward. Obviously, the, the one player that pretty much every Texans fan hates, uh, T.Y. Hilton, saw that he was dealing with some injury and came back against Kansas City. That wide, wide receiver core has been pretty banged up this season. What can you tell us about them and – and the rookie Paris Campbell, how they've looked so far, how their chemistry's been, and what they what they're dealing with health wise. Yeah, really, you know, the health has kind of been the the story so far because 
Devin Funches was the big free agent acquisition to kind of be the number two for T.Y. Hilton this year. And, and the Colts have never really had – they've had some guys in there at the number two, but never a consistent guy that, that really takes the heat off T.Y. Hilton. Um, and Devin Funches was a guy brought in from Carolina, 6'4", 225, thought to be that guy, still can be that guy, but he suffered a clavicle injury week one against the Chargers, um, was put on IR, and although he can return – to practice, start to return to practice maybe next week and can play as early as week 11. Um, the team's really kind of had, you know, Deion Kane, you mentioned Paris Campbell, uh, Chester Rogers, Zach Paschal, guys like that kind of fill in um, as far as getting the snaps, but no one's really kind of taken over that number two receiver role yet as far as just kind of making the plays. And Paris Campbell, I mean, so speedy, so fast coming out of Ohio State, but unfortunately um, against the Oakland Raiders week four, suffered an abdominal injury, and he had a little procedure, so he might be more of a week-to-week type deal. Um, and so the team's kind of relied even more on Deion Kane, Chester Rogers, Zach Paschal to kind of fill in. But T.Y. Uh, T. Hilton, you know, started off great start once again, and, and I'm sure he's looking forward to taking on Houston, seeing what they throw at him this time around. Yeah, and you mentioned Marlon Mack getting so much work. Uh, the workload that he's had has been tremendous, 101 carries for 470 yards, two touchdowns. I was going to ask if you thought he was running the ball more because Brissett's under center. You seem to think that's just the direction Frank Reich was going, but do you foresee Frank Reich just limiting or decreasing his workload at any point? It seems like he, he's out there getting a lot of carries every week. Yeah, that you know, that would certainly, you know, in today's NFL, you would think that that might be the case. You know, maybe early you lean on your workhorse running back and then kind of over the season as you start to kind of work out your offense, maybe you you kind of let off the gas a little bit, but I, I don't see Marlon Mack slowing down anytime soon. Um, he's a guy that his first couple of years, now he played, he played all 16 games his rookie year, but he was dealing with a shoulder injury the whole year. And then last year he was limited in the first five to six weeks with a hamstring injury before really taking off. So he, this is really his first full off season and season of just being completely uh, injury free other than the normal, you know, nicks and bruises. Um, and, and he's really taken advantage of it. He looks great. Frank Reich said, you know, I, I think he's getting stronger with every week, and I think that showed against the Chiefs down the stretch where it looked like 1940s footballs. They were just handing the ball off, um, you know, play after play after play, and I'm sure the, the Texans found that similar um, recipe to be successful against the Chiefs too where, hey, let's, you know, we're not intentionally keeping playing keep away, but it is nice to keep Patrick Mahomes on that sideline, and, when you, when you can out possess the ball for for about a more than a whole quarter than the Chiefs, then you're really doing it right, I think. So both the Chiefs and Texans had success with that, and Marlon Mack for the Colts was a big part of that. Um, and he's a guy that is on pace, like you said, 300 carries, uh, you know, 1,500 yards. And whether that comes to fruition or not is one thing, but I think this team really is going to be relying on him um, just as much down the stretch as as they are right now. Yeah, I think another big point of the, of that win in, in Kansas City was just that defensive performance the Colts put up, especially with so many of their stars on defense out for that game. Uh, they were missing some key leaders and their captains as well. Who's trending up? Who's still on the mend heading into Sunday's game against the Texans as far as Darius Leonard, Malik Hooker, and, and all those players? Yeah, so it seems like so both Darius Leonard and Clayton Gathers, the safety, um, uh, both cleared the concussion protocol, and um, Gathers had missed one game, um, and and Leonard had missed three, and and we all know what a big piece he is to the Colts' defense. 
obviously all uh, you know first team all pro defensive rookie of the year last year so seems like they'll get both those guys back in the mix this week as far as we know right now um, as far as Malik Hooker is concerned we'll see it's kind of more day-to-day at this point uh, he suffered a knee injury um, and you know he was kind of a week-to-week guy now he's kind of slowly getting back in the fold we'll see if he can if you know if he'll be questionable or, or out or we'll see later this week um, but but at, you know when you when you head into a game against the Chiefs and you don't have both your starting safeties and you're playing really young guys in the secondary and then Darius Leonard being out forces you to kind of shuffle things up at linebacker um, you know it's it's easy for outsiders to kind of look at that as you know uh-oh you know that's not good against the Chiefs but you know credit to Matt Eberflus and this Colts defense for stepping up and playing the way they did. Now, even considering the fact Leonard and Gathers might be back, you have to do it all over again against Deshaun Watson. We all know how tough he is and how well he he does, especially kind of escaping the pocket and making plays on his own. So um, they're going to have to do it all over again. That's easier said than done. Andrew, I think one of the interesting storylines early on in the season was Adam Vinatieri and, and his missed kicks. It seemed like at one point he was going to retire uh, and just call it a career, which I think everybody could understand if he did so. But then uh, Frank Reich convinces him to stay on for a few more games, and he's coming off a game where he made four out of four field goals in week five at Kansas City. How did Vinatieri turn things around for his game? Yeah, you know, I I don't know if it was necessarily a thing where he was, you know, he's 46 years old. This is his 24th year in the league. Obviously retirement's going to come. You'd think at some point, and, and we all hope it doesn't come soon, but, you know, those are the facts. I don't know if he was necessarily considering it. I think he was just kind of down that he was, you know, um, playing so poorly and the games were coming down to those points um, early on. So, um, but I think the fact that he was, he's been so solid in practice, um, he never really, you know, slowed down in practice. He's, he's actually kicking the ball better now in practice, Frank Reich said, than he was at any point last year. Um, and, and there's so many things nowadays to track as far as, you know, kicking speed off off the foot, trajectory, all that stuff. And, and he's doing even better now than he was last year. So um, I think it was just one of those things where they wanted to give this guy a chance to right the ship. Um, they were confident that it was just kind of a, a slump, if you will, and, and he was going to break out of it. And he's done a good job. Um, just quietly coming back and being the solid kicker that he's been uh, the, the you know the first 23 years of his career and and now uh, now he's back to being Benny being the goat and and that's exactly what the team needs from him. All right, good stuff, Andrew Walker. One important question before I let you go: roof open or closed at Lucas Oil on Sunday? <laughs> you know what? Uh, my my best bet is always closed, especially as we get into the 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 you know the colder months, I guess. Um, but you know, you never know if, if it's going to be sunny and I don't want to, you know, 50, 60 degrees, there's always a good chance it could be open. But, um, I do know that, that certain players enjoy it being closed more than, than open. And we'll see if maybe they can sway the decision, uh, for Jim or say when, when it comes down to that. Yeah. I remember for many, many years we were playing in December. And then last year was really the first year that we were there during, uh, earlier in the season, the roof was open, and I had not noticed how many shadows there are on the field yeah. when it's it is open. Di- it's tricky. It's a different dynamic for sure. And, uh, you know, you go back and look at the pictures or you look at the, the game film, and it's like there's certain parts of the, the field that just all of a sudden are bright out of nowhere. So it, it definitely adds a dynamic, and um, it's cool to have the roof, but I, I'm sure now, um, you know, 
the Colts have always been a dome team. We all know that. So, um, so I'm sure here as we get in the later months, um, you know, that thing will be closed obviously a lot more frequently. All right, good stuff. Andrew Walker, team reporter for the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew, thanks so much for the time, and we look forward to seeing you there on Sunday. All right, thanks for having me, and safe travels. The first of two matchups this year with the Indianapolis Colts. This one takes place in Indianapolis. I wonder if the roof is going to be open because the weather is supposed to be really nice, but those shadows on the field, ugh, sounds like they may do away with that rule soon and just leave it closed. But in any case, I love going up there early in the season rather than later in the year. I like facing them down here in December and November. So that's going to do it for our podcast, the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. You can listen to it where podcasts are heard regularly. iTunes, tune in. You can even hear it on the Houston Texans mobile app. So be sure to leave a review and let me know what you think. And we'll be rolling here with more podcasts every single week. So that's going to do it for us. Check out HoustonTexans.com. Check out myself and John Harris pregame on the field. Uh, Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. Every week we're on the field showing you the players as they're warming up. We bring you those inactives and active players as they are released and let you know who to expect in your starting lineup. So great for fantasy football, great for Texans fans. It's a win-win for everybody. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.